Father God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for all that you're doing in this house and in our hearts. We thank you for how you are moving. Holy Spirit, we, we not only welcome you, but we celebrate you here. We say thank you for your nearness. Thank you for coming and, and making this worthwhile that for us to show up without you would be meaningless, but for you to be here changes everything. And so, Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. I was, uh, thank you, worship team. That was great. I appreciate it. Yeah, would you guys praise the Lord for, for them? <laughs> While... Um, while they were playing, I was reminded of a, an older hymn, and it's funny because uh, I was talking with Pastor Marcus earlier today, and we were commenting on how hard it is to think of one song while there's another song playing. Uh, and normally, like in the natural, I can't do it, so I really think it was the Lord putting it in my spirit that I could even think of a different song while they were playing a song, but it was the old hymn about turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full into his wonder and grace, and, and what caught me was the next line, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I couldn't remember if it was wonderful grace or glory and grace. But that the things of this earth would grow strangely dim. Uh, and it's so easy, e either in the course of a day or the course of a week or even longer than that, to get caught up in the world system, either get caught up in the culture, get caught up in our own ambition, to get caught up in comparing ourselves to others, or just even talking to a friend and hearing about their great vacation. And, and we see these other things that, are, that aren't even necessarily bad, that, that could be good, vacations, nice house, whatever. And it becomes so shiny. Um, but man, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, all of that stuff grows so strangely dim. Um, and so I was reminded that in, in the book of Revelation, John has this encounter with the Lord. He's praying, or he's worshiping in the Spirit, and suddenly, he says, I heard behind me a loud voice, and it's uh, the voice of, of Jesus, and he, and he turns around and he describes the Son of Man. He describes just this beautiful picture, eyes of fire, hair like wool, like just shining. Uh, and then he goes on, and he and he receives this message, and then the this, this situation changes um, in chapter 4. He, he sees Jesus, he hears this message, and then in chapter 4 it says, then as I looked, I saw a door uh, and heard the same voice, and it spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. That he moves from this place, of, he's worshiping, he then uh, sees Jesus, he fixes his eyes on him, he hears this message, but then after that, he gets called up higher, and he's given even more vision. So it moves from a message where he's hearing words to then where he's seeing something unfold. And, uh, and I just think for our, our church, we're in this season where we've moved from receiving messages from the Lord, where we're, we're now invited to come up higher and receive visions, that with so much more clarity and detail because, you know, the old saying, a picture is worth a thousand words. Like now we are just receiving from the Lord with so much greater clarity and so much greater, uh, I want to say precision, 
that there's just this invitation to come up higher and, and to receive this. But I think it starts in a place where we're fixing our eyes on Jesus, just like we see with John. That we fix our eyes on Jesus, and then from that, everything else grows strangely dim. Uh, you know, instead of working on behavior modification, seeing something in your life and saying, oh, I need to, I need to get a little better at that, we fix our eyes on Jesus, and, and he, from the inside out, transforms us. That he, from the inside out, totally changes those things that would have taken us a lifetime to work on. He begins to change them in a matter of moments and days and weeks where it would have taken us, you know, our, the rest of our life and we still would have struggled on, on our best days. And he transforms us. And, and then as that happens, there's, you know, more and more revelation that comes from that, more and more connection that comes from that, more and more of us walking in what he's wanting to talk to us about. And, uh, and so I think that's such a, a beautiful illustration of where we're at. This week's email, every week, uh, most of the time it's Pastor Mike. Every once in a while you get someone else. But, but we send out uh, a weekly email. It's got a few announcements and a few updates. Um, and in it, this week, we talked about um, understanding the battle plans. Uh, and that's really kind of a, a piece of what we want to unpack tonight. Now, also in that email was some other great announcements, like that this Friday is our women's conference. And so we are very excited about that. The Lord put it on our hearts to, to switch up how we were doing. So if you haven't been here in a couple weeks, um, you may have heard us advertise it and that there was a registration fee. That's true. And, and if anyone has already registered and they want, that money will continue to go to bless our, our speakers. But we're making it free so that everyone can be a part of this. So if you want to register, there's still seats available. You can log on tonight. Use the code AriseFree, A-R-I-S-E-F-R-E-E, AriseFree. You can get a, a seat, and then you can come, and you can be blessed. It's going to be, I think, Friday evening, all day Saturday. We've got uh, David Wagner and Haley Braun, and both of them are going to bring something absolutely incredible. My only caveat with that is this, that I would encourage you to come with anticipation, but not expectation. There's so many people that come expecting God to do something their way, or I, I got to come because I need a word, because I need this, and I want God to speak towards this thing. And it's nice to desire a word, like it's good to like be reaching for those things. But sometimes when we come with expectation, we also come with our own like, uh, yeah, our own agenda. Or we come with this ability to become offended that, oh, God didn't do it my way. But instead, if we can come with anticipation that God is going to move incredibly. And then we can come in and we can, you know, however he chooses to do it, we walk away excited because we didn't have any missed expectations. We didn't. We didn't get disappointed by anything, but instead we can, we can champion and celebrate and, and, uh, and be excited about everything that he did do when we've got anticipation and not expectation. So I am very excited and I'm anticipating that there's going to be some really, really great things happening this weekend. And so if you're a lady, I'd love for you uh, to register tonight. Make sure you've got a seat. Okay, so that was in that email. But in addition to that, we talked about knowing the battle plans. Um, we, were, we were looking through some scriptures and reminded of how much of a, of a warfare we are in. Um, not just right now. I, I think it's been a long time. You know, I, I don't think that uh, for the last 100 years or 1,000 years or 6,000 years that angels have just been sort of sitting on the sidelines waiting to now start moving. Although it does feel at times that there is an increase in activity right now. But we've, we've always been in a spiritual warfare. We just sometimes tune out to it. And so we want to not only become aware of it, but we want to know, God, what is your strategy for us? What, is it, what are your battle plans 
for us right now. And that, that happens in, in two parts. The first is um, that coming up higher, like we talked about, the fixing your eyes on Jesus, um, looking to him, and then coming up higher, seeing things from heaven's perspective, seeing things with a, a new perspective. Ephesians 2 talks all about putting on the mind of Christ. 2 Corinthians says that no one can know someone's thoughts except for their own spirit. But God has given us his spirit, so now that we can understand how he thinks, we can know his ways, and we can walk in them. So that's a big piece of it. And then the other piece is that we would understand that the fight isn't, isn't worldly. And I spoke to this a little bit on Sunday, but that Ephesians chapter 6, where it talks about putting on the, the full armor of God and that we would wage war in the spiritual, not in the physical, not fist fights with, with our neighbors, but, but praying for our neighbors and declaring the word of God over our neighborhoods. Um, Luna and I, so coming up this weekend is, is Halloween, and our street has tons and tons of decorations that are, like, I don't know where you guys land on this, but some of them are just orange lights, and it's like, okay, you know, you got some weird colored Christmas lights, but others of them are, like, demonic, and it's, like, it's very overt. Um, am I using that right, overt? It's, like, plain to see. It's, they're not hiding it. It's not disguised. Yeah, it's not covert. It's overt. Um, and, uh, and so I've been doing some prayer walks around my block saying, all right, Lord, like we've, I want your glory to reign in here, but I'm not getting in shouting matches with my neighbors, telling them that their, their decorations are horrible. I'm, I'm bathing the street in prayer, uh, you know, cause I'm not, I'm not going to fist fight them into the kingdom of God. Like it's, uh, but I'm going to declare the word of the Lord and I'm going to call in their salvation and I'm going to pray for the condition of their heart and I'm going to declare that light would, would scatter the darkness and all of these things that, like, that we have access to but sometimes forget. I, I think sometimes uh, Christianity, and maybe this was just my experience, sometimes we tend to shelter. We say, oh, those things are evil. We're not going to go over there. And, and our light retreats away and the darkness gets darker and instead, we need to run into some of those, those places. But we have to do it with wisdom. We need to ask the Lord, hey, what are your battle plans for this? You know, we can't just go run around doing whatever we think is great because we know that his wisdom so trumps human wisdom. His wisdom makes human wisdom look laughable and look foolish. And so we have to ask him for his plans because he has plans. He's deeply invested in humanity and he has a plan for, for redemption. That plan has and always will be Jesus, but there are roles that we get to play. And so with that, we get to partner with Jesus. We get to declare and prophesy and pray and contend and evangelize and share the word of the Lord. And we get to do all of those things uh, with his spirit empowering us for all of that. Awesome. Amen. Well, that was what's on, on my heart. Pastor Mike, I'm going to turn it over, over to you. <laughs> Uh, before the night's over, I feel like we do need to just spend a little time in prayer. Uh, <laughs> we need to spend our lives in prayer. Let me change that up. Uh, we never come out of prayer. It's a, it's a mindset that we actually hold on to, regardless of whether we're saying words or not. Uh, we actually remain in prayer constantly, and it's by the Spirit that we remain in prayer and even that we talk about a prayer language, there is a prayer language that we have that actually edifies our spirit that is, is so amazing. Uh, but even when we're not praying in the spirit, we're remaining in the spirit. 
we're, to, we're intended to, we need to remain in that mindset that we'd have the mind of Christ. Uh, in Romans 8, it talks about being controlled by the Spirit. And, and I, I want to speak to this. As we were praying yesterday in our staff meeting and then today, uh, the Lord is doing amazing things right now. Uh, not only here in this church, which I feel like we're just seeing, uh, if you've been here in the last couple of weeks, it feels like we're like something is is radically shifting in the atmosphere, uh, and it's awesome to see. We're both Andrew and I. Andrew was in the back over there, and I was up here, and we were both talking about it. Andrew's like, "Is the Lord going to do something right now?" And I'm up here going, "I think something's about to just literally blow through this place." And I feel like we're on the verge of that. But I want to say at the same time, um, there's, there's an enemy, and there's a lot of stuff going on around us. And who notices the things around us <laughs> that are going on? Let me ask this. Who f- who's kind of feels like they're in a battle right now? Sweet. That is awesome. Good job. The rest of you, put your hand up. <laughs> Guess what? We're in a battle. We actually are in a battle. Some of us are feeling it. Maybe some of us aren't. But, but the battle, let me say this, the battle never ends. It's never intended to end. There are times where it increases and decreases. Maybe like there's times of like reprieve where you catch your breath or something. But the battle never ends. We are, uh, and the moment you say yes to Jesus... He says he puts a seal of ownership on you, like on your heart. I think what he actually is doing is putting a target on your heart. (laughs) And it says, I am now Jesus's. And so what does the enemy do? He's like, oh, I'm going after that one. And uh, so there is a target on you. But who's greater on the inside of you? And, And so... We have, there's, there's a mindset that I believe the Lord wants us to understand. I just want to speak to this for a few minutes. Um, and I was praying, I'm actually going to go into to Second Chronicles 20. And I know you've heard this uh, many times, but I feel like there's just some key things to understand in here. We're actually going to be going into three days of prayer and fasting starting Monday. And uh, we've been doing this once a month. It's It's been just started happening, felt like the Lord would be like, hey, I want you to pray and fast again. Hey, I want you to pray and fast again. And then we realized, we're like, well, there's kind of a theme here. It's almost like we're doing this every month. And so it's just kind of been something now we're just setting our hearts on. We're going, yeah, every month we're going to just pray and fast. We're going to seek the Lord for, for three days. We're going to seek Him all the time. But there's that, those special times. And I can tell you that in these times of praying and fasting, and I would encourage you, do a, do a water fast, and then if you have to eat a little something, like, because you're, you know, you just need to eat, go ahead. Don't, don't ever feel that, like, conviction or, or condemnation <laughs> about doing it. But there's something about fasting food that brings a spiritual hunger. And, um, and I find, especially on the third day, I don't know why, but on the third day, uh, there's such a clarity that comes in the spiritual realm uh, to see things, to get greater revelation. And I wish I could get it on the first day and skip the second and the third day, but it always comes on the third day. <laughs> and uh, so I have to actually, that means I have to make it through the first day and the second day. Um, but I would encourage you to, to engage 
in that, to engage in this place of prayer and fasting. When we get, the, when we get an understanding of what God is doing and we get a spiritual mindset and can hold in that place, it changes everything. And I've seen this, I've been talking to a lot of people, and I, it feels like there's, there's such a swirl going on right now that it's, it's, if you're not rooted and grounded, if there's not that deep grounding, he, he talks about it all throughout Scripture, stand firm. In, in, uh, in Ephesians 6, when he says, put on the full armor of God, he said, and stand firm, stand therefore. And when you've done all to stand, Stand. There's, there's something about standing firm in Him, not in our own strength, but in His strength. And it's putting on His armor, and, and then, then we begin to see things in a different way, and we begin to have a different understanding. Again, we're going to fight the battles. There's going to be battles. There are two kingdoms, and, and a lot of times this is the thing, is we focus so much on the, on the natural. We've, we're down here. We're, we're down here sometimes. <laughs> And, and this is where he says, no, I'm calling you up. I'm calling you higher to see from a different perspective. It doesn't change the situation, but it changes your perspective of the situation. So you no longer see with your own eyes, but you begin to see in a, with a spiritual mindset. And then when you begin to have that mindset, this is where we begin to get the battle plans. We're like, oh, instead of what we've done in the past is maybe... Lord, help. Get me out of here. I don't want to be in this. I want to get out of this thing. I just want to have some peace. Instead of that, we get a different mindset of, oh, there's something that you're doing and that you, have me, you want me to do right in the middle of this thing. There's a reason why I'm in this situation. There's a reason why there's a battle around me right now. And now you begin to get his mindset and go, okay, now I begin to understand the authority that I have, and I begin to now take authority. Uh, I was talking to Dan Yakeley. He's laying out over there on the side. Um, but uh, he was just talking about how the Lord was, he was trying to find a place to, to kind of set his, the, the, the church that they were doing. And they had this amazing opportunity over here to do it in this building, and the Lord said no, and then another opportunity over here, no. And then they got right in where there's a, a witch coven, like uh, in this kind of warehouse that was like probably the worst of all the locations, and the Lord says, yes, that one. And <laughs> so, so he had to go in there, but here's what I was seeing in that is he was telling me this, like there was, there was a demonic oppression because of some things that had been set in that place. And as, as he stepped into that place, it broke oppression over that entire area because he was called to come right into the battle, to come right in there and, and, and combat the enemy. And again, it, when we talk about the enemy, it's not people. He didn't go in and like start blasting people. It's, we don't fight against flesh and blood. I know you guys have heard this, but I tell you, I wish the church actually listened to it, because how often are we fighting against flesh and blood in the church? But we don't fight against flesh and blood, but there are principalities and powers. There are things that, that are in the spiritual realm, that are in the heavenly realms, that we are fighting against, and, uh, and, but we have been given authority. I want to Actually, before I, I know sec, I was in Second Chronicles 20, but I want you to hear this in, in, in Revelation, just as 
uh, Xander was talking about this. So it says, it says this. It says, come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. This is in uh, Revelation 4. And so this is where uh, Andrew was saying, uh, the Lord was telling him, hey, I'm gonna, I want you to take you up to this place. I want you to see from a different perspective. And it says, at once I was in the Spirit. Right before that, though, it says that there was a door standing open in heaven. And then he says, come up here. So this is this, it's a, it's a door that we have. It's access that we have to the heavenly realms to come up to this place. If you go back to Revelation 3, it's really cool. In the, when he's talking to the church of Philadelphia, catch this, because um, if you've read this, this is to, to one of the churches. It's a letter, and it says, uh, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. And then he says this, I see your deeds, these are good deeds, and he says, and I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. So here he's showing this open door, and then you go fast forward one chapter, and, Paul, and, and John's, John is seeing this open door in heaven. It says it's a door that is standing open. He comes through that, and he says, come up here. I'm going to take you into the spiritual realm, and you're going to see things that you've never seen before. This is that mindset that the Lord wants to bring us into. So now just jumping back to, I'm just kind of jumping around here. Bear with me. Second Chronicles 20, you have a king uh, who now has, this is King Jehoshaphat. And I, we've told this story. I think you've probably heard it. Maybe not. Um, but there it says that there is a vast army that is coming against him. There's actually three armies together that partner together that are coming, to, that are coming against him. Uh, and these are, this is a massive army. Uh, in, in the eyes of the world, Jehoshaphat and, and Judah, they, they, they have no chance of survival. Uh, so what does he do? He calls a fast, which is like, in the world's eyes, well, that's the dumbest thing to do because what do you need? You need your strength, right? But what they did is they came before the Lord. And I think sometimes we're like, well, I need my strength in this season. No, you actually need to come before the Lord. You need to get before the Lord and get His plan instead of your plan. I always tell people when they're fighting in battles and trying to, in spiritual battles or whatever they're fighting in, and, and I can tell they're not listening to the Lord. They're not seeking the Lord in this. And my question is always, How's it going? Like, oh, it's really tough. Like, oh, maybe you should try a different way. <laughs> and then we get that opportunity to just share, like, about, about kind of setting our hearts on him. So here's what happens. So, so they, they call this fast. Then, they, then, then Jehoshaphat, so here's the king, and he begins to pray this prayer. Um, and I'll actually, I, I, can't, I think I will go through it because it's, it's really important that we understand it. The first part he prays is, is he doesn't ask the Lord to, to, to get them out of this situation. What he's praying is he's actually, he's declaring the very nature and the character of God. And it's something we see all throughout the Scripture. 
when we come into a place of prayer, we often go, God, help me. I need this. I need that. When you look at the Psalms, the Psalms, David does this so well, is, is sometimes it'll start with, uh, Lord, where are you? I don't know what's going on. But then he gets into, but God, I know who you are. And he begins to declare who God is. And I think, so take this as kind of some steps here. Uh, get before the Lord. Get into that prayer and fasting. And then begin to, to pray from a place of, I know who my God is. He's faithful in all things. He's loving. His love endures forever. Like, begin to declare God, the nature and the character of God. So this is what it says, O oh God, O oh Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. So this is that place. When we begin to declare who God is, there's something that rises up like on the inside of us because we have God on the inside of us. We have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. So there's a strength all of a sudden that begins to come up because we, now we know who our God is. When we focus on the storms, when we focus on situations that are in front of us, we begin to get in fear. We begin to like pull back. And the Lord says, don't, don't pull back. He, says, he actually says, I will not be pleased with you. He, didn't, he doesn't give us a spirit of fear or of timidity. He gives us a spirit of power and then love and then a mind that's set on Him. So here it is. That's the first part. The second part is, is remembering what God has done. And this is always a great place to go, oh, I remember the things that you've done in my life. And he says, um, oh, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of the land before the people of Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying this, this is awesome, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before the temple that bears your name, and we will cry out to you in our distress. This is what you've done for us, and this is how we're going to respond when, when storms come against us. So there's, Jehoshaphat is setting this before the Lord, saying this is, this is our response to the battles that we face. We're going to stand in your temple. We're going to declare your name. We're going to cry out to you in our distress, and you're going to hear us, and you're going to save us. And then, and then he goes into this, but now here we are. So he's telling God the situation, which that's fine. I think God probably knows the situation. may not see it the same way we see it, so maybe we're telling it from our perspective. So here he's going, hey, here's the situation, Lord. We got these three armies uh, whose territories you would not allow Israel to invade. Um, it says, so now we've turned away from them. We didn't destroy them, and then look how they're repaying us. Now they're going to attack us. It says, O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. And then he says one final statement. And this is the most beautiful statement in the prayer. <laughs> what a way to end it. He says this. He says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And this is that place of that spiritual mindset to go, God, at the end of the day, 
We know who you are. We know what you've done. We see the situation in front of us. And our response is, Lord, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. And then here's what happens is now they, as, as, they, as they're seeking the Lord, there's a, there's a prophetic, a, a prophet that basically says, uh, where does it say it here? Um, says, do not be afraid or discouraged because of the vast army, for the battle is not yours, but it is God's. And tomorrow, this is getting, this is where you're getting the, uh, the game plan. This is where you're getting the battle plans. So you're seeking the Lord, and then here's where the game plan comes. For tomorrow, it says, um, oops, lost my place. Uh, tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerul. And then he, there's some instructions here. You will not have to fight the battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord will give you. And then there's this, these warnings. And do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out, face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. And... From there, I mean, the rest of it's awesome. If you read Second Chronicles 20, um, the Lord, they, they go out. They, Jehoshaphat sends out the, the Levites, the, uh, the worshipers uh, ahead, of, ahead of the army. I'm like, if that's what I would do since I'm not on the worship team, I would be sending them out, of course, ahead of me <laughs> to fight the battle. And then the last part is... They do this. They go out before, before the army. They do what the Lord says. And let me tell you, this, none of this makes sense. This is that obedience part where we walk in faith. When the Lord calls us to do something, we step out and we do it. Not because it makes sense, but because the Lord said to do it. And here's what happens. It says, as they go out, they begin to give thanks to the Lord. It says, they say this, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And as they begin to sing and praise this uh, to the Lord, it says the Lord set an ambush against the men of, of um, Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. And it says, and they were defeated they were actually, it says they were destroyed and they were annihilated. Um, Jehoshaphat won the battle, and it brought him into a time of peace. But at any time in this, this is, this is what I see. I was talking to Pastor Ray about this. Is I, I feel like there's times where, where we, we're like Jehoshaphat, or the other one I was going to just mention was, was uh, David, uh, David and Goliath. Same kind of thing. You've got this this massive giant for 40 days, he's been going out at day and night, twice a day, and, and speaking against the, the Israelites, against the, uh, God's army. And so you got this man, giant, that's defying the armies of the Lord for 40 days. That's like the 40 days in the wilderness. Um, 40 days, they're getting hammered. But then here's what happens, is a, a young man comes who actually has the mind of the Spirit, who's been out... With, as a shepherd with the sheep, and he's killed a bear, and he's killed a lion uh, by the power of the, of the Holy Spirit coming upon him, and he knows who his God is, and he knows who he is in the battle. And uh, same kind of thing, uh, and then he goes out, 
and this is the, the funny part. I mean, so he goes to, to, to fight this giant, and the, the king, Saul, is like, oh, you're going to have to put some armor on. You need the big sword. You need all this stuff. And, and David's like, no, I can't. I, I don't know how to use that stuff. I know how to use my sling. And so here's this young 13-year-old boy going up against a massive giant with a sling. And I want to say, in both of these, this is what I'm seeing, is we'll start in that place. We'll, we'll get into that mindset. Um, and so take it as David. Here's David going out with a sling. But here's, here's a lot of times what we're doing. We're like swirling the, the, the sling around, and we're going, ha, maybe I should have brought that sword. <laughs> maybe I do need that armor. <laughs> Maybe I should go back. And, you know, as you're, as you're getting closer, we say, uh, it's like from a distance, you're like, oh, yeah, he's not that big of a giant. And then you get close to him and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to go back and get that sword. <laughs> but and if David would have done that, I mean, it would have been a different story, different outcome. Same thing with Jehoshaphat. If they're going up against the armies and then they see the armies and they're like, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't send out the... The, the worshipers, because, man, they're going to get hammered. <laughs> Let's pull back. It, it's in those times I feel like, like we start in the right direction, and then we start to process things in our mind. And, and this is what gets us in trouble, is the Lord's given us direction. We're stepping out, and then we go, oh, wait a minute. Ah, that might not be the right way to go. And, and I want to encourage us that this walk that we have, this what we're called to, why it says in Ephesians 6, stand firm, and when you've done all this to stand, stand there for, is that, that when we know His plans, when we begin to walk in His plans, that we don't falter from that, that we don't, we don't allow fear to come in, and we don't allow that, that discouragement to come in. And we can't do it on our own. It's by the Spirit it's the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us. But what happens is if the Spirit still gives us the opportunity to make our choice. And so we can either walk by the Spirit, we can live by the Spirit. It says we have the divine power for life and godliness. We have everything we need. Christ is in us. Who can be against us? We, have, we, we are more than overcomers with Christ. But it requires that alignment and that faith to actually walk out the battle and to not step back in fear. Fear is the very thing that we, it's, what it is, is it's you're actually stepping into an agreement with the enemy's thoughts. Don't allow fear to come in. And, and it's, and I want to say this, I feel like sometimes we're like, okay, it can be like, okay, don't be fear, don't fear, don't fear, don't fear. That's, that's, not how, that's not how we do this. If that's kind of like if you're driving down the road and it's a small road and, and you're like, don't hit the curb, don't hit the curb. <laughs> and what happens? You hit the curb. Or else for golfers, it's like, don't go in the water, don't go in the water. <laughs> ah, right in the water, right? So it, a lot of times it's what you focus on is what you hit. And, and so it is that keeping our eyes on the Lord in this season never taking our eyes off of him. The moment we do, that's when we get in trouble. It's Peter going out on the water. Jesus calls him out on the water. Peter is walking on water. All he had to do was keep his eyes on Jesus. But he took his eyes. It says he took his eyes and began to look at the wind of the waves. 
And then what happened? He started to sink. This is what we do. Jesus calls us out. We're like, yeah, I'm going. And you're like, ah, <laughs> maybe I should have brought a little boat to come out and see you. <laughs> and so I, I just, I feel like in this time, I, I don't know, I feel like sometimes I'm just talking like to you guys and, uh, and, and then afterwards like something will happen and I'll be like, ah, did you not hear what I was just saying like <laughs> two days ago? So I, I'm going to just pray. I feel like I, just to ask the Lord to actually put this in your heart that, that in this time that we would truly come up to this place of, of having a mind that is actually set on the Spirit. Let me hit one last thing, and then I'll, I'm going to be done here on this. Uh, I, I feel like it's important, and it's, it's Ephesians 2, and uh, uh, Andrew alluded to it. I just want to take you through this because this is this, is this position um, when we know who we are in Christ, the kind of heading of this part of the, of the Scripture says, made alive in Christ. And our life is in Christ. This is that, that we would abide in Him, that we remain in Him, and we do it by the Spirit. People like, I hear people say like, how do I remain in Christ? How do I do that? It's by the Spirit that, that we're actually able to remain in Him. As He puts His Spirit in us, uh, that's, that's the come up here. When, it, when he talks about coming up to the heavenly realms, which I'll, I'll read this in here, it's actually by the Spirit that we do this. We don't, phys- well, sometimes we do physically go up, but most of the time, most of us, I, has anyone been to heaven? <laughs> Maybe one, one person. So I have not physically been to heaven, but, but, I, but when the, when, when, when it's that come up here, what I'm doing is I'm getting the mind set on the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit. It says the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and it's peace. When we stay in that mindset, that's eyes on Jesus. When we can have that mindset, um, we, can, we can overcome storms. We will overcome storms. It's not that we don't face them because we're in a battle. We're on this earth. We will be persecuted. That's a promise of Jesus. We're going to go through hard times. We will go through difficulties. If the church has ever told you that when you accept Jesus, he like, that he kind of takes you out of the storms and that now you get to kind of float above the storms, sorry, they were lying to you. <laughs> that is not the case. We actually will fight battles. We will go through storms. There is persecution that comes upon us. There are difficult times, but... We have the Holy Spirit that strengthens us, empowers us, gives us wisdom and direction, and takes us through the storms. And you will get through the storms. And in those storms, that's where we get our strength, too. There's, a, there's such a strength that we get when we're in those times. I was telling somebody earlier tonight that I've been actually praying, Lord, bring the persecution. Bring these difficult times. Because, it, and I know it's like, <laughs> like who wants it? I actually, I feel like if we don't get it now, if we don't get a little taste of this persecution and these times right now, when real persecution comes and when the real difficult times come, we're going to get knocked right off our feet. But if we can get rooted and grounded now, if we can keep that mindset of the Spirit now, it will, it will hold us in the times when things get really difficult. And I can tell you, times are going to get difficult. 
If you think that things are going to turn around and, and just get easier uh, in, the, in, kind of in the world's eyes, I highly doubt it. <laughs> you might feel a little reprieve for a while, but we're, we're in an interesting time. We are in the last days. And, I, and you can say, well, I mean, Peter, says, uh, Peter said they were in the last days in Acts 2. Um, and yes, that was the last days. But we're even closer to the last days, like a lot closer to the last days. We don't know when that day is, but, but as these days get closer and closer, it's going to get more and more crazy, more and more difficult on this earth. That's a promise. It's right in here. It's not like we just float on the clouds while everything is going on down here. So, so I, I just, we need to be aware, be alert in these times, and have your mind set on, 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 the, on the Spirit. This is what I'm just, just going to read through this first part, just uh, 1 through 10, uh, Ephesians. It says, as for you, and I feel like this is for a few people in here. I don't, I'm not calling anyone out, and I don't know specifically, but, uh, but listen to these words carefully. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the king of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us who lived among them, all of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the desires of our sinful, sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. We were all in that place. And I can say we're all, sometimes we get kind of caught back in those places. We kind of, we will fall back into that. Don't do that. <laughs> this is where we're going we're gonna to learn to, well, let me just read as it, as it continues to go here. Uh, like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. So outside of that place of, of, of in Christ and walking in His ways and walking actually in obedience, the obedience is critical. Um, outside of that, there's actually a place of wrath. It says this, but because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy. So this is who our God is. He's not a, he's not a God that's like waiting for you to step out so He can whack you. Uh, he's a God that is so rich in mercy, so loving. This is the God that we serve. It says, He made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in our transgression. And it is by grace that we have been saved. There is this grace that He has for us that, that goes beyond anything that we can comprehend that brings us into this place where we can actually be spiritually minded and of Christ. But there's more to this. And sometimes people stop there. And it's like, well, by grace we've been saved. So we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to do anything. Um, that is not true. It says, and God raised us up with Christ. So here's what He's done. After we... We have, as, as we come into this place of knowing Him, it says He raises us up um, to be with Christ, and He seats us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. This is mind-blowing, and this is that part. What this is, is it says He puts His Spirit in us. So you have the Holy Spirit now in you, and it says the Spirit reveals all things. It says everything, Jesus says this, everything that was mine 
the Spirit will now give to you. So we actually, where Christ is in heaven, we have everything that Christ has by the Spirit who is now in us. And it, when we get a hold of that and we understand the authority that we walk in and the power that we have on this earth, uh, this is where we begin to walk on the waves and don't get sucked down by the waves. Uh, waves are still there. Battles are still there. We just have a different position. Uh, and so it says this. Uh, uh, so we're seated with him in the heavenly realms in Christ for this reason, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. This is what's actually revealed to the world is his incomparable riches of his grace. What this is, is it's that, it's that Isaiah 60 which says, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. This is that, that grace, riches that comes upon us that the world goes, what do you have? Whatever that is, I need that. That's his grace. That's his goodness. And it says it's expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And then it says this, for it is by grace that you've been saved. We just talked about that. But then the next part is, but it's through faith. So, if it was just by grace, then everyone's saved. Like, that's, that's, that's not the way it works. There's actually a place of faith that comes in. And faith is not, it's not just a, well, I believe in Jesus. Faith is actually walking in radical obedience to his commands. He says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. It, it says, if, if you love me, it says, if you obey my commands, my love will remain in you. So there is, and so faith is not, it's not an immobile state. It's actually, it says, uh, faith without works is dead. There is, a, there is a walk of faith that we have. So we get to know his commands. And the greatest is that we would love one another. He says in First John, he says, but my, my commands are not burdensome. So it's not... It's not, he's not trying to make something difficult, but he's like, hey, you need to understand. You need to know my game plan. You need to know the battle plan so that you can walk in my ways and I can fight your battle. But that faith is critical. So the grace comes through faith, through that walk that we have. The grace then comes upon us. Now that grace begins to come upon us. We have, and it's by the grace that we're saved. It's not, it's not by works, it's actually by grace that we're saved, but it's the faith that activates the grace. I know that's a little confusing. Uh, you got it? <laughs> uh, it says, and this is not for yourself. It, it is the gift of God. That grace is the gift of God. So it's not by works. Stated it again right there, so that no one can boast. It says, for we're God's Workmanship, or there's another translation that says his masterpiece. Each one of you is a masterpiece of God. And, and as a masterpiece, it says, you were actually created to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for each of us to do. This is part of that, that battle plan. 
that as we get our mindset on the Spirit, we actually find out our very purpose. And it might not be the same. What, what Tracy's called to do, what I'm called to do, is not necessarily the same thing. So I can't go, well, Tracy's doing that. I'll just do what he's doing. Uh, that's not actually the game plan for you. God has actually a plan for you. And, and this is, I'll just say this. I feel like a lot of times, like people in the church, they're looking for like a pastor or someone else to tell them, like, well, what am I supposed to do? And I want to encourage you, I should never be the one to tell you what to do. My job is to point you to this and to him and to say, set your heart upon him. Get to know his scriptures and, and get, to, get to know his voice, the voice of the Spirit, so that you can actually walk in his ways. He'll use, he uses the word. It becomes a light into your path and a lamp into your feet, but it's by the Spirit that actually reveals everything to you, and the Spirit's on the inside of you. So we're in a time like no other time that this is not just a, a fun little time, that like another little message. This is critical that we get this now. The, otherwise, I feel like we're gonna, there's going to be people that are just going to spin out of control. Um, in Matthew, this is, this is, I think, my concern. Um, Matthew 24, it says this. Um, talking about this is in, in, in the, at the end, kind of the end times here, which is where we are. It says, at that time, many will turn away from their faith, and they will betray, and they will hate each other. And many false prophets will appear, and they will deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. That's Matthew 24, uh, like 10, 11, and 12. And uh, I, I want to speak truth to you guys. I don't want to, like, sugarcoat it. I don't want to make it light. I don't want to say, oh, you're going to be just fine. No, it's going to require you can't rely on me. You can't rely on Andrew or, or Tracy or or Ray, or anyone, you have to, you're going to have to rely on, on the Lord and, and allow the Holy Spirit to be your strength and to be the one that you set your eyes on. Um, because there will be times, and I believe these times are now. I've seen it. I've seen many even deceived. Just talking to someone who got, who just got so deceived so quickly, just, just turned and, and their life is, they're just kind of spiraling out now. And it's like, no, we have to stay so strong in the Lord and, and have that mindset of Christ. And in these times, man, when you feel fear come in, when you feel that anxiety come in, this is that time. Stop everything you're doing. Get your heart set before the Lord and find out what that area is of your heart that is not looking at the Lord, that is not trusting in Him. And allow him to work on that and shift that quickly so that you don't remain in a place of fear. Because that, once that fear comes in, it opens the door for the enemy to have access in. Jesus said over and over again, do not fear, do not be afraid. Do not fear, do not be afraid. <laughs> when we walk by the Spirit, we do not walk in fear. 
There is no anxiety. There is none of this in our lives. Do we come into it at times? Absolutely. I, I come in. <laughs> it's, it's usually when I watch the news or somebody tells me something about what's going on in the world. And all of a sudden, things get like, like all of us, that anxiety comes up and I get angry or like, ah, what's going on? I don't know how this is going to work. We have to keep our minds set on the Lord. Do not allow the things of this world to change your mindset and take your eyes off of it, okay? Where do we go? I want to pray. I think, is there anything else we have? What's that? Ray, yes, yeah, stay in the river. Ray was just saying, we were talking about this. Um, she goes, I feel like I'm Peter sometimes. Uh, you know, when Peter was with Jesus in, in the garden, right, when he was getting arrested, like, here's a moment, like, Peter's like, okay, Jesus, you know, he's going to be the king. I'm going to sit next to him. I'm, I'm, I'm his right-hand guy. And here he is getting arrested and uh, going to his death. And Peter kind of freaks out and <laughs> takes his sword and cha 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 <laughs> and cuts off the guy's ear, <laughs> right? <laughs> and Jesus is like, oh, Peter, let me heal his ear now. <laughs> so I think I love Ray's analogy there of, yes, uh, don't start just swinging a sword. Close your eyes and start swinging. Like, listen to what the Lord's saying in these times. Know that he has a plan no matter what situation we're facing. Don't start cutting people's ears off. <laughs> when things get crazy, don't pull your sword out and start swinging it. You can pull the sword of the Spirit out, but, but try not to pull your other swords out. Uh, we don't need to take any people out in this. We're called to love our enemies. We're called to love those around us. And uh, so, yeah, that's good, Ray. <laughs> I want to pray into this because it's easy to talk about it, uh, but I, th I think we need to, we just need to spend some time praying into it. Tracy, why don't you, can you just lead in prayer here, and then we'll uh, maybe just get into groups and pray? Does that work? My prayer is that this takes root. Let me just say, too, don't do this alone. We're never meant to do this alone. So we're connected as the body of Christ. And, and in that, even that grace that we have, there's different parts that we each play. So um, I know Tracy's gifted in the prophetic, and there's others gifted in, in different areas. Um, we each play our part in this, and we strengthen each other. Uh, and this is actually how the Lord's designed it as well. So the enemy would love us to be isolated separated from each other. If he can isolate you, it's a lot easier to take you down. But when you're around other believers and you're, and you're pressing into the Lord together, um, when, when I'm not thinking straight, Tracy can go, hey, no, 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 that is, that is not the Lord. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you're right. Okay, let's pray into that. Let's press into that together. I love the team that we have, like even on our staff and where we meet on Tuesdays and we press into the Lord together. And every person is getting, like, 
different pieces of the puzzle and of the things of the of kind of the game plan and the the battle plans that the Lord has for the rock for the next season. It's not just me going, okay guys, here we go. Uh, I need a team. I need I need everybody coming together that we can seek the Lord together and, and together we get this plan. And there's a spirit of unity together that that we do this. And then I think this is where it comes into to this to the church as well that you guys, every person plays a key role in this, a critical part, that it's not like the pastors and then the congregation. No, it's actually like, the, like pastors and staff coming alongside, raising up the congregation to do the work of the kingdom. So you guys are, you guys are like the, the muscle, the, the machine that actually is, is we're seeing the kingdom come. So pray into that. <laughs> Oh, man, my heart's been on staying in the river, guys, um, since last week. Uh, Mike was talking about the river. <laughs> the river goes like this, right? And we're like, well, why doesn't it go in a straight line? And he started talking about getting out of the water to get to the next body of water. Has anybody ported a canoe? I just want to share for just two minutes to give it a little context. You ever ported a canoe? You got like a harness, right, and you put this canoe on top. And it's like a big sombrero. <laughs> but sometimes the front tips, the back tips, right, and you're walking. And sometimes you even have an 80-pound pack on. Think about this river that you just got out of, right, to port to the next water. And that could be because there's a dam there. It doesn't, there's all sorts of reasons why you would port a canoe to get to the next body of water. And I, I lived in Minnesota. I was up on the boundary waters in northern Minnesota. So there's a lot of, like, river to river to lake to lake but a lake stays stagnant but a river flows and you got to stay in the flow and this is the the leading and the prompting of the lord keeping our eyes on the lord and staying in that stream not getting out of it but staying in it and it may not be easy but but think about how even a river is even cut in the banks water is going to go where it wants to go when it's moving think about John 3 8. What does it say? It says the wind, right? They don't know, you don't know where the wind's gonna come from, where it's gonna go to, how it's gonna come, and how strong it's gonna be, or any of these things. And it says, so is the spirit. You don't know how he's gonna move, when he's gonna move, talking about the Holy Spirit, right? A water takes the path of least resistance. So think about this. Why does it bend? Why does that river bend like this? Well, that's because it elevated 10 feet and it veered to the left. So the water takes the path of least resistance and it cuts out the ground and it goes back this way. Think about this. The spirit, the water, has gone before us and has found the path of least resistance for you. <laughs> He's already allowed you to be in the stream and take the path of least resistance if you'll just stay in the water. I remember going down, a, uh, I had an 80-pound pack on and a, and a canoe, and I was porting, and I slid almost 80 feet <laughs> all the way down an entire embankment into a body of water. But that's because I was tired. I was broken down. I had ported over a mile with an 80-pound pack and a canoe on top of me uh, and, on, on, and a, on a harness on top of my shoulders. Think about on top of your shoulders. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's so much easier if you just stay in the stream and don't get out to port to the next. Sometimes you're forced to <laughs> still stay in the stream. God's already cut the path of least resistance for you to flow in the spirit to get to the destination where you need to go. Lord, I thank you for it. We thank you, God, that our eyes are on you. God, we thank you that our eyes are on you, Lord. And we stay in your spirit, Holy Spirit, 
We stay in that stream, Lord. No matter what, we don't step out, Lord. We don't step out of our lane, Lord. We stay in the lane that you have us in. So, God, I thank you. Even as we're flowing in the current, Lord, I thank you that we don't step out and try to port or try to walk or in our flesh. Or So, Lord, we thank you for that, the path of least resistance, the path that you've already forged for us. Your word says it even, that you go before us in all things, God, meaning you, Holy Spirit, meaning you, water, who's already cut a path for us. God, I even thank you for Isaiah 43, 35, 32, and 12, all talking about water making a way in the wilderness, water making a way in the dry desert, <laughs> water making a way where there is no way, all with water. Again, for, go back, if, if for those of you even online, 43, 35, 32, and 12, Isaiah, all talking about streams, and it goes from mercy to grace to righteousness, to salvation in, in 12, respectively. So, Lord, we thank you for that, that you make a way, you cut away. God, we just thank you for that. We thank you. Paul, I don't know what's going on in your, I, don't, I know this isn't a time for personal prophecy. I just want to give you a word. You are stepping into an entirely new realm in this season. The ways of old are no longer no longer good. They're no longer, they're no longer, they're no longer. I'm just going to, I just hear, it's no longer. Lord, I thank you that you're doing something new, Lord, that you're cutting a new stream, Lord, that you're cutting an embankment, God, for Paul. I fear the Lord saying you're all in. Like, I, you've even been talking to him. I, feel, I see you laying on your back, looking up to him and saying, God, I'm all in, like as you're trying to fall asleep. It's almost like you're toiling in your sleep. And I feel like the Lord's saying, I, ooh, I got that. I just feel like the Lord's saying, let me lead the way. Be led by me. Even that word that I just spoke about the water and the spirit leading. I just feel like there's a new prompting and a new leading. Lord, I thank you for a new level of humility in the man of God. To be led by you, Lord. And I feel like there's so much, so many things, and I might have spoke this to you even last week, I think, but I feel like there's so much that you're going to go, I don't know where that went. I used to do that. I used to dislike this or a dislike that, but I'm telling you it's all going to go away. And you're going to go, I don't know where it went. It's because God, even if, if Ephesians 2, just what we're talking about, because the mind of Christ is upon you. So let's, uh, yeah, let's pray. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I think even as we get in groups right now, I just release, Lord, a spirit of intercession over your people tonight. If we pray and we intercede, we champion, Lord, we contend, God, for your kingdom. God, I thank you that you're moving in our midst, Lord. And even as we pray, God, I thank you for a spirit of prophecy, God to break out. God, when we prophesy, God, we call into existence the things that are not as if they were. We're not avoiding the situation, Lord. We're not discounting it. We're not <laughs> living in denial. We're not calling the things that are as if they're not. We're calling the things that are not as if they are or were. So, Lord, we do. We just come with a spirit of expectancy, God. Even as Andrew spoke it, Lord, he goes, even as the, he spoke about the women's conference, we come with 
an expectation, but not an expectation with an agenda, Lord. We just come with an expectation that you'll move, God, that it would be your will, and that we would co-labor with you in the process, Lord. We just bless God this night. I bless all of the prayer time and the contending that's going to take place in the minutes and the, and the, uh, the hour to come. God, we just love you. We praise you.